You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. The Resurrection, Christianity's Forgotten Hope. The resurrection of the dead is one of the greatest things we have to look forward to. The Bible teaches that when Jesus returns, those who are asleep in the grave will be brought back to life. But who will be raised? When will it happen? Has it happened before? I'd venture to guess that we've all likely considered the following questions. What happens to us when we die? Is there anything for us beyond this life? Or is that it? Once we die, we are gone forever. And if there is anything else for us beyond this life, what might that be and when will it occur? Will it happen right away or perhaps at some point later on in the future? Now, it's not our intention uh, at this point to introduce our subject by setting a morbid tone, but these are important questions that we need, we've likely all pondered at some point in our lives. Perhaps we've pondered these questions at many times in our lives, depending upon our age or our circumstances or our experiences or perhaps the experiences and circumstances of those closest to us, such as family members or friends. But the most important question that we need to start with as we begin our session together is, where can we turn to for the answers? Where can we look to with certainty and confidence for answers to these questions? Well, there are numerous ideas and beliefs held by many different people and cultures throughout the world regarding these questions. What happens when we die? And is there anything else in the future beyond this life? For example, the ancient Egyptians believed that the only way to have an afterlife was to be mummified and put in a sarcophagus. Another idea held by the major Indian religions is that of reincarnation, that somehow an aspect of ourselves starts a new life in a different physical body or form after each death. The Greek philosophers came up with the idea of the immortal soul, and this hinges on the belief that we are essentially made up of two parts, a physical being known as the body, and a spirit being known as the soul. And that even though the physical body perishes at death, the spirit part of us lives on. And in fact, this immortal soul may have always been around long before our physical body came into being, either at our conception or at our birth. And then we have ideas like heaven and hell. So building on the previous idea, the belief here is that a person's immortal soul either ascends into a place called heaven or descends into an underworld called hell, depending on how the person has measured up to a standard of, of goodness and piety in their, in their lives. In ancient Greek and Roman religions, uh, the underworld was known as Hades. Another idea is limbo. So this is for the unbaptized but innocent immortal souls, such as babies or those who lived before, uh, before baptism was instituted in the first century AD. So they're not worthy of uh, either a reward or a punishment. They just kind of exist in a natural state of happiness for all of time. Another idea of purgatory. So this is associated particularly with the Catholic Church, and it's for those who die in God's grace and friendship, but who are still imperfectly purified. And so their immortal soul is assured of its eternal salvation, but first they need to undergo a purification process in order to achieve the required degree of holiness so that they can end, uh, then enter into heaven. And lastly, permanent death basically means that since we're nothing more than mere biological beings like other plants and animals in the world, when our bio biological life expires, that's it. 
and there's no possibility of anything else beyond this life ever for all of time. And perhaps there are other ideas and beliefs that you've heard of besides the ones we've listed here. Well, a few moments ago, we asked the question, where can we turn to? Where can we look with certainty and confidence for answers to these, uh, to these questions? What happens after death? And is there anything else in the future to look forward to beyond this life? And I think you probably already know the answer, this being a Bible Basics webinar and our overall theme being, there's hope. Of course, we look to the Bible, the inspired word of God that contains truthful teaching concerning this subject and provides answers to these important questions. Answers which provide hope, a true hope, a sure hope, a living hope. And answers that also bring with them a moral imperative for how we choose to live our lives today. Of course, there are many Christian denominations today that profess to believe the Bible and that the Bible provides the answers. And yet most of them, if not all of them, would also subscribe to one or more of the ideas and beliefs here on the screen. But is there another belief, another understanding, a true Bible teaching that we haven't considered yet? What is the teaching of the Bible? What is the hope that God has revealed in his word? And has Christianity, by and large, forgotten this hope? And that hope, of course, is the hope of resurrection from the dead. So what is the resurrection of the dead? Well, before we answer that question, let's just briefly remind ourselves what the Bible teaches about life and death. <clears throat> so what is life? Well, if we go back to the beginning of the Bible, to the book of Genesis and the account of creation, we can read about the creation of mankind. And in Genesis 2, verse 7, we read, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So there's a basic formula outlined here. The dust of the ground plus the breath of life from God equals a living soul. And that naturally brings us to the question, well, if that's life, what is death? Well, death is simply the cessation of life. Death is what happens when the body no longer has the breath of life in it. After Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they were sentenced to eventually die, just as God had forewarned. And we read of this curse in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 3. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So if the dust of the ground combined with the breath of life results in a living soul, then when the body loses its breath of life, it is a dead soul. It ceases to exist. There is no immortal soul that continues to live on in some other form or in some other location. Death is simply the complete cessation of life. So we have a few passages to consider here in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 5, for the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. In Psalm 6 verse 5, it says, for in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? And in Psalm 146 verse 4, his breath goeth forth, that's man's breath of life ceases, he returneth to his earth, that is, he returns to the dust. In that very day, his thoughts perish. So all of these verses combine to teach us that when a person dies, there is no part of them that continues to live on. On that very day, their thoughts perish. They know nothing and they remember nothing. They cease to live. And even their body will eventually return to the dust. But is death permanent? Well, it can feel that way, can't it? As a result, there's often a great deal of sorrow and mourning when somebody close to us dies. 
Sometimes death is anticipated or expected, and perhaps in those cases, the sorrow is somewhat tempered by a certain measure of understanding and acceptance, especially when death is seen as a relief from pain and suffering. But other times, death is unexpected and terribly tragic, and the grief and perplexity that follows can last for a very long time. Losing a loved one, such as a family member or a close friend, can feel very permanent. There's nothing we can do to get them back. There's a hole in our lives that wasn't there before. But in addition to what the Bible teaches us about death, does the Bible also teach that there is something more that we can look forward to? And what's both fascinating and comforting is that even though death may feel very permanent to us, it's not the same from God's perspective. From God's perspective, the state of death is seen not as permanent, but merely as a sleep. So we have several verses where we read that death is only a sleep for those who know God's truth. So in Daniel 12, verse 2, it says those who sleep in the dust of the earth. In 1 Corinthians 15, a well-known chapter on the resurrection, it says in verse 18, those who have fallen asleep in Christ. And again in verse 20, those who have fallen asleep. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, three verses in a row, verse 13, 14, and 15, those who have fallen asleep, those who sleep in Jesus, and those who are asleep. And finally, in Revelation 14, verse 13, it says that they may rest from their labors. And that's speaking of those who die in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are other verses besides these that all teach the same thing. For those who have died with the knowledge of God's truth, death is like a sleep. They are resting in sleep, waiting to be woken up again. Just like when we get to the end of the day, which figuratively represents the end of our life, we fall asleep. But it's not a permanent sleep. We only sleep for the duration of the night, waiting for the new day to dawn the next morning. And time has no meaning while we're sleeping at night. And similarly, time has no meaning for those who are asleep in the grave, waiting to be woken up again. And of course, their next waking moment will be the resurrection. Well, what is resurrection? Interestingly, the, the English word resurrection isn't found in the Old Testament scriptures, although the promise and the hope of resurrection can be found from the beginning to the end of the Bible. In the New Testament, the Greek word translated resurrection is the word anastasis, which means a raising up, a rising, a standing up again, a rising from the dead. And it has both a literal and a figurative meaning. So literally, it means a resurrection from death. And figuratively, it means a moral recovery of spiritual truth. And so for the time being, we'll just focus on that literal definition of the, of the word, uh, meaning a resurrection from death. Now, you may already be aware that there are a handful of resurrection accounts found in the Bible. And I was surprised when I compiled the list, there are at least 10 resurrection accounts found in both the Old Testament and the New Testament scriptures. So in the Old Testament, we have the three there, uh, the widow of Zarephath's son, uh, raised by Elijah, the Shunammite couple's son, raised by uh, the prophet Elisha, and then the man who was thrown into Elisha's grave. He was uh, raised there on the spot. Moving into the New Testament, we have the widow of Nain's son, raised by Jesus. Uh, Jesus also raised Jairus' daughter. He was the ruler of the synagogue. And then the, uh, the famous account of the raising of Lazarus in John chapter 11. And then moving on in the New Testament, we find that many saints at the time of Jesus' death and resurrection came out of the grave and went into the city and appeared to many people. Of course, we have the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And then in, in the book of Acts, uh, Peter raises Tabitha, who was also known, known as Dorcas, and the apostle Paul raised Eutychus, uh, the young man who fell from the upper story window. 
So 10 resurrections uh, that we find in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, with the exception of the Lord Jesus Christ, everyone else on that list eventually died again. So their resurrection was really only temporary. And it's not exactly the same hope of resurrection that we are discussing today. But I wanted to share this list because I think one of the reasons we have those resurrection accounts in the Bible is very much related to the same hope of resurrection that we can share. What God is showing us time and time again is that he is able to bring back life from the dead. He did it in Old Testament times. He did it in New Testament times. And it culminated in the resurrection of his own son, who was raised to live again and to die no more. God wants us to believe without a shadow of a doubt that he is able to raise those who sleep in the dust of the earth. God is an all-powerful God, and we can have every confidence in his ability to raise the dead. And this confidence gives us a true hope, a sure hope, a living hope. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, the Apostle Paul uh, writes to the Corinthians, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And when Paul says that we shall not all sleep, he means that we shall not all sleep forever. For those who sleep in Jesus, they will not sleep the sleep of death forever. They are simply waiting for the time when Jesus will return, when their sleep will come to an end. And then Paul says, we shall all be changed. And he goes on to say in the ensuing verses that our bodies will be changed from corruptible to incorruptible, from mortal to immortal. In his letter to the believers in Philippi, Paul says that Jesus will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body. So just like the resurrected Son of God, those who are given everlasting life will have immortal, incorruptible bodies. But well, when will the resurrection of the dead occur? Once again, we look to the scriptures for the answer. In John 11, this is Martha speaking to Jesus regarding her brother Lazarus, who had just died four days earlier. She says to Jesus, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And at that point, the dead in Christ will rise first. And again in 1 Corinthians 15, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And then in verse 23, but each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, that's when he was raised, afterward those who are Christ's at his coming. So the resurrection will occur at the last day, the day when the Lord Jesus Christ descends from heaven and raises the dead. Jesus will literally, physically return to the earth. And just as he was raised, so too the dead in Christ will be raised at his coming. And so we might ask, but why? Why will there be a resurrection of the dead? Well, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 27, Jesus says to his disciples, for the son of man, that's him, Jesus, will come in the glory of his father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. In 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 10, the apostle Paul says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And in Daniel 12, verse 2, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt, which is another way of saying everlasting death. You may recall that <clears throat> in other Bible Basics webinar presentations, we have discussed God's plan and purpose with the earth. He formed the earth to be inhabited. 
and those inhabitants will fill the earth with God's glory by being living representations of God's glorious character, those wonderful attributes of who God is. And the resurrection of the dead is just one component. It's a major component, but nonetheless, just one component in the timeline of God's overall plan and purpose with the earth. So it begins with Christ's return to the earth, which at that point, he will raise the dead. He will judge and reward with either life or death, depending on how a person has lived. And that will be followed by the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth when the saints live and reign with Christ, filling the earth with God's glory. Now, all of these events are still to come. They are still in the future. And based on other Bible teachings, we have good reason to believe that the, these events will take place very, very soon. Which brings us to our last question. What are we doing about it? Recall that the Greek word for resurrection, anastasis, has both a literal and a figurative meaning. The figurative meaning is a moral recovery of spiritual truth. And so the question for ourselves is, have we been morally resurrected? Have we been morally recovered to the truth of God's word? Are we doing our best to live a morally resurrected life right now as we wait for the return of Christ from heaven? In Ephesians chapter 2, the apostle Paul writes, and you, he, that is God, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together. Do you hear that? It's the language of resurrection, a moral resurrection. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As long as we are living in sin, God views us as being spiritually dead in those trespasses and sins. But through the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ and our faithful and obedient response to it, spiritually speaking, God can make us alive on a moral level. He can raise us up from death to life, and he can work in our lives to help us to do those good works that he has prepared for us to do. By responding to the call of the gospel, by believing and responding to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can actually be regarded as already having passed from death to life. Look what Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into con condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Again, it's the language of a moral resurrection. And Jesus says, so Jesus says that even in his own day, those who were spiritually dead in trespasses and sins could pass from death to life. They could be spiritually or morally resurrected by hearing and believing and responding to his teachings. And he goes on to say, don't marvel at this or think that it's a strange thing because one day there will also be a literal resurrection of the dead when people come forth from the graves and be judged for how they have lived their lives. A few verses later in verse 28 and 29, he says, marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil to, unto the resurrection of damnation. And so as we wait for the return of Christ and the resurrection of the dead, let's use the time that remains to live a morally resurrected life today. 
And may God bless each one of us in that endeavor. If you found this video helpful, then make sure to go to our website to find other Bible study materials. And also don't forget to take the quiz by using the link down below. If you take enough quizzes, you'll earn some awesome rewards as well as some very useful Bible study tools. We at Bible Basics Webinar also specialize in individual and small group Bible studies. You can text us by using the phone number that's also down in the description, as well as our email to get more information about our Zoom and in-person classes. And of course, thank you so much for watching Bible Basics Webinar, where we use the Bible to learn about God. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.